Thank you. We're so glad to hear from you, and and I know that our church body needed those updates and uh, to know how things are going. I'd just like to take a moment to pray for them and pray for Evan. Uh, uh, we're I know that our church body's been praying for you guys, and uh, so let's let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, we uh, thank you for uh, our brother, Dr. Randall Price, and. Uh, for his ministry with World of the Bible Ministries and all that takes place at Liberty and his uh, ministry with students there. And we're grateful for uh, all that you are doing through uh, those ministries. And Lord, we're blessed to, uh, to be a part of praying and, and supporting World of the Bible Ministries and, and for Elizabeth, Lord, and Eric, we uh, pray for them and ask, Lord God, for your grace and protection and uh, healing uh, for Evan, uh, for the uh, things that that you have brought into this uh, young man's life, that, uh, Lord, that you would be pleased to bear him up with your spirit and your grace. We pray for wisdom for doctors and for uh, the burdens that are on Elizabeth and Eric's hearts and on their shoulders and caring for the ministry there in Haiti and uh, the things that, that you may be bringing up in the future here. Uh, we pray, Lord God, for your strength. Know that you will work out all the details, uh, Lord, for your will to be done. And we thank you, thankful for their service and pray uh, for your continued mercies and grace with them. And for uh, Evan, Lord, we uh, just with uh, uh, hearts uh, for for this uh, boy that your grace and strength would be given to him these days. And if you would be pleased, so pleased to heal him, then we uh, would ask you for your God over all flesh. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, um, the way it's working out here is, well, I see the Smiths came in, slipped in there. Yes, and Pat, it's good to see you. Haven't haven't seen the Smiths uh, since Israel there, and good to have you in town. Um, well, um, we're going to take a break from the Romans chapter 5, 12 to the end of the the chapter here, uh, with just kind of a uh, overview of the things that we've covered, uh, and that's because it's a it's a big passage. There's a lot of great things there, and it's a it's pretty much a, a final statement, a summary of the first part of the book of Romans, to chapter five, with the <clears throat> kind of closing thoughts on uh, this justification by faith doctrine for our salvation. Uh, so this morning I wanted to, to visit with you uh, and to address the understanding of imputation. Um, but so we can go to Romans chapter 5 and we can look at verses 12 to the end of the chapter. And I uh, want to hopefully pull some things together here as far as the overview. 
but we're looking at uh, the understanding of imputation as it applies to the two themes that ran through uh, chapter 5. Ah. I wondered what all those looks were about out there, so... Yes, understanding imputation. There you go. Uh, there you have it. Uh, so, but the key idea here is uh, that Adam's, uh, through Adam's transgression, all uh, came. Uh, it came upon all men, and of course, the message in chapters one through five is the power of the gospel, the power of our salvation, and uh, in that message, there's, uh, of course, the justification by faith, but it's the key idea. So let's, uh, let's just read the verses from chap- verses 12 and chapter 5 to the end of the chapter. Um, Romans chapter 5, verses 12 to the end. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law was in the world... For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the transgression. For if by the transgression of the one, the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift of the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the one, for on the one hand the judgment arose from one transgression resulting in condemnation, but on the other hand the free gift arose from many transgressions resulting in justification. For if by the transgression of the one death reigned through the one much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So then, as through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, even so, through one act of righteousness there resulted justification of life to all men. For as through the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, even so, through the obedience of one, the many will be made righteous. And the law came in that the transgression might increase, but where sin increased, grace abounded much more. That as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. May God add His blessing to the reading of His Word. And let's uh, just take some kind of key thoughts in regard to what we've studied in Romans, the first five chapters, uh, the key ideas that uh, carry over into this last section of chapter 5 is that through Adam's transgression, condemnation was brought upon all men. Uh, We're born that way, born spiritually dead, born separated because of the condemnation of Adam's rebellion and sin against God. Uh, and then what the message, the power of the gospel, for I'm not ashamed of the, the power of the, the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. 
And the key thought in these chapters has been Christ's gift of justification to all men. And that gift of justification came by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, through His work on the cross of Calvary. So God dealt with this issue of sin from Adam, from day one, all of those that, that followed Adam died physically because that was the, the condemnation of sin. Uh, but also they died spiritually. And so we want to understand this imputation and the fact that the righteousness of Christ, just like the condemnation of Adam that came upon all men, it was imputed to our accounts in the same way through Jesus Christ, His righteousness has been imputed to our accounts by God's grace through faith. Nothing that we did. Same as Adam. Same type of imputation. Uh, same type of accounting that God did. These are things that God has done. This is the glory and the power of the Gospel as it's given to us as, as God's people, as uh, the truth of the fact that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that everlasting life comes through the second Adam. It comes through the Messiah. It comes through our Lord Jesus Christ. It comes through the work that He did on the cross of Calvary because He became sin, the One who knew no sin, that we might be made righteousness and that righteousness would be imputed to our account. While as we were condemned through the first Adam, as Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And as we would say this morning, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His mercy has saved us by the washing. It was by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of His Holy Spirit within us as His people that we were saved from the condemnation that befell the human race from Adam 1. So we see this line, and it's interesting, and we'll talk about it later as we get into the, to the, uh, the passage of Scripture, but that line goes from Adam all the way through the flood that took place, through God's condemnation on mankind, all of mankind. He took all but Noah. Noah found grace. And then, but the line goes and is spoken of through these verses from Adam to Moses. So why is that? Because the law is being addressed here. Paul is still addressing this Jew and Gentile themes that are going through these chapters. And uh, there with the law, there's a, a condemnation because uh, the, the spoken and expressed will of God is given through the law. But it says, nevertheless... Through one man, Adam, death reigned all the way up to the law till the law was given and, and that revelation of God's will was given to mankind. Um, so we want to look at that and we'll look at that as we go through uh, these verses. But Romans 5.18 says, So then as one, uh, through one transgression there has resulted condemnation to all men, even so, through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men. Now, this automatically rubs you the wrong way, doesn't it? 
because here you are, well, I didn't do anything. Um, but the, the point here is that, uh, that all of the offspring through Adam uh, were, was under his curse and under the condemnation of sin when he rebelled against God. And that was the, the, the problem, the issue of, of the problem of evil on planet Earth. Uh, from the very beginning there uh, in, in the garden, the sin that brought condemnation to mankind. So this morning I wanted to address and speak to you about the a comparison of these aspects of sin, comparison of the aspects of sin, and there are three aspects, inherited sin, uh, and imputed sin, and personal sins. Um, and this, these are, are, are loose ideas and, and facets. They're, they're true, um, but uh, it's like so many things. It's, it's one thing. It's the, the issue of sin, but there are different facets of it. And our personal sins... Um, they're to be accounted for. Um, but we inherited sin uh, from our fathers. The scripture tells us that, that, our, uh, that the sins of our fathers, are, you know, that there's, there's a generational uh, passing down of propensity to sin in our lost estate. Uh, but there was also the imputed sin from Adam. And, uh, and some hold a couple of different views there. But let's look at these three aspects. And first, I want to consider personal sin. Uh, and this includes, um, oh, I see what I'm getting stares about. Okay. Um, what's that? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yes, there's nothing I can do. Yeah, yeah, I, I forgot it was an oversight. It was a long day yesterday, so sorry for those of you at home that are not getting a visual here. Emily, it's great to have you up there. We're, we're just delighted that, that uh, you're such a beautiful person, a beautiful young lady, and... and uh, so, <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm, I'm sorry. So, people at home don't see that, so, so it's only those in here. So people at home don't know what you're okay. doing. Okay. So, okay, well, that's wonderful to know. So I'm glad that they got to see Randy and Elizabeth, you know, I mean, and, uh, and so if they did see that, it would be Emily and Randy and Elizabeth, and, and so they've got, got a, a good visual there, so. Uh, okay, well, let's, uh, let's talk about personal sin then. Uh, there's pride and jealousy and bitterness along with the overt sins that we studied in Romans chapter 1. Uh, all of those aspects of, of man's uh, personal sin and accountability for those personal sins that we have. Romans 3.23, of course, the summary statement is that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So all of these issues that mankind has is a problem because in God's heaven where God dwells in His holiness and in His righteousness, it doesn't belong there. It can't be taken there. Uh, 
uh, and we can't bear that or take uh, those things with us. Uh, so um, Romans 3.23 is a summarization of, of that, and of course uh, verses uh, 19 and 20. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be closed and all the world may become accountable to God. Because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for through the law is knowledge of sin. So the law was given, and this issue uh, from Adam to Moses, the law was given to give us knowledge of, of the holiness of God, his righteousness, and the, the problem or the issue of sin. The problem with us, the problem with mankind, and it's universal. It's, it's not uh, limited to those outside of this building and outside of church buildings. Uh, it is the issue with all people. And uh, it's the issue with our flesh uh, because of Adam 1 and because we're his offspring. Uh, the problem of sin had to be dealt with and only by the power of God, only by the gospel of Jesus Christ, has God uh, provided a way and managed to do what we could not do for ourselves? And so the penalty of sin of, of, of sin is the loss of fellowship. You know, we take this from, from a number of different passages, but um, what happened in the garden with Adam and Eve and, and in God's relationship was, was that this um, opportunity for... Uh, the, the type of relationship that Jesus prayed for in John chapter 17 uh, was, was removed because of sin. Uh, but Jesus uh, prayed, Sanctify them in thy truth, thy word is truth. And he prayed to the Father, Father, I pray that they may be one as you and I are one. Uh, and Jesus Christ provided the way for us to have that type of relationship where the Father's will and the Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, His will, and our wills would be one. That we would be in submission to God's uh, plan and purposes, sanctified as the church. Uh, and the problem that we have, even under the new covenant, is that sin uh, breaks that fellowship. So with personal sins for the believer, uh, the, the penalty for personal sin is the loss of fellowship. Of course, for those that have not put their trust in Christ, the penalty is uh, the same uh, as uh, eternal separation from God and accountability for those sins before God. Um, and then John, 1 John chapter 1, verses 6 and 7 has this to say, If we say that we have fellowship with Him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. So God's plan through Jesus Christ is to cleanse us from sin, and that through Jesus Christ we can have unbroken fellowship. If we have personal sin in our lives, that personal sin breaks our fellowship with God. It breaks our uh, com communion with Him. Uh, so God has provided 
in his mercies uh, for us a mediator, the, the Lord Christ Jesus, to mediate as priest uh, for our sins. And um, uh, he has uh, supplied this provision of grace that uh, if we sin, the scripture says that, that, that God is through Christ Jesus and through his mediation as our high priest in, uh, before the Father, uh, he makes intercession for us. And so our fellowship can be reestablished with God. And so moving on, the remedy for personal sin is confession of sin. So the scripture says, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, righteous to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now I encourage you, when you're driving to church on Sunday morning, if you haven't taken care of it before, it's important to confess any known sin that you have before God, and you confess knowing that you have a mediator in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, who died in your place on the cross of Calvary uh, to take, to wash you clean from those sins and the guilt of that sin. And the Scripture says that God is faithful. He's faithful to do it, and He's just to do it because Jesus Christ took your place to forgive your sins, and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now, the cleansing from unrighteousness and dealing with the problem of sin in humanity is that God must do it. He's our Savior. He's the one that we look to, and it is by God's grace through faith that we look to Him in His cleansing us from this sin, that His He's faithful to do it, He's just to do it, and His promise is, according to His Word, that when we confess, when we acknowledge what He has said about us is true, that He is faithful and just not only to forgive that sin, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's good news, isn't it? And don't we all need that? We need that because the flesh is constantly at war with the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh and the, the Spirit that God has given to us that has sealed us until the day of redemption convicts us of sin and comforts us and communicates with our Lord Jesus Christ uh, and His mediation on the cross of Calvary. And God is faithful not only to forgive us of that, those sins, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and bring us into right relationship. So you can come to, to church here at Grace Bible Church and you can be free to worship God without guilt, without the stain of sin, because you've confessed your sin and acknowledged that God is going to, to, by faith, by His grace through faith in Jesus Christ, going to cleanse you from personal sin and bring you into fellowship with the Father and with His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. That's great news. And so uh, the scripture says that God has poured out, as we learn here in chapter 5, uh, his love into our hearts. And he's given unto us his spirit. So we're cleansed from unrighteousness and brought into right relationship. So I like to pray, the scripture says, to be filled with, uh, to be, um, filled with his spirit. Not drunk with wine, but filled with his spirit. 
So by faith, I pray that God will not only forgive my sins and cleanse me from unrighteousness, but He will fill me with His Spirit. And, and I, I, by faith, I believe that God does exactly what His Word says that He will do. Therefore, I can come to church before you as a guilty sinner, uh, as one who has confessed his sins and known the power of God and stand in perfectly good conscience with the righteousness of Jesus Christ, imputed, given into my account. So then let's look at the issue of inherited sin, because this is another facet of our sins. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, has this to say, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as the rest. So our condition, according to Ephesians chapter 2, is that we were dead in trespasses and sins. That we couldn't do... What does a dead man do? Nothing. I can't do a thing. And that's exactly the situation that we were when Jesus Christ in the fullness of time came and bore our sins on the cross of Calvary. We were dead, born dead in our trespasses and sin. By nature, we were children of wrath. Uh, by nature, uh, there was nothing that we could do in regard to a return to fellowship with our God and with our Savior. Nothing apart from trusting by faith in the work and in the promises of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the penalty for inherited sin then is spiritual death. Spiritual separation from the God that created us. Spiritual separation from one that so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son to bear that sin and to deal with that problem. Because it is important for us as God's people, especially in these days and time. Our, our nation, our country, as our, our brother Randy was saying, earlier is in, in very serious trouble. And we need to, to be aware uh, that, that the time is limited. Uh, redeem the time for the days are evil. Uh, it's time for us to have a clear message in regard to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's time to call those who would come out of death because that's the purpose for which Jesus came. It's the reason for which He took upon Himself human flesh and bore our sins in His own body. He became sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us. He substituted on our account. And His righteousness has been imputed to those who inherited sin and spiritual death. Psalm 51.5 says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. You didn't have a choice in the matter. You were born dead, spiritually dead. And so, uh, and that gives us compassion for the unbeliever, does it not? Because we understand that if they're spiritually dead, they can't hear what's being said. They can't hear the spiritual truth of God's Word and such things. 
Well, who's going to cause them to hear? Do you think that you're going to do that by your intellect? Uh, No, because they're dead. We're going to do that by the power of God's Spirit at work within us. Because Jesus sent that Spirit, and that Spirit came to indwell us as God's people in order to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of the judgment to come. That's why He came. That's why you've been called to be ministers of reconciliation for Jesus Christ, to speak the gospel to those that are spiritually dead that cannot hear. So as we present the gospel, there's one person over here that simply can't hear a thing. They're not going to hear a thing. But there's a one person over here that's going to, that's, that, that the Spirit of God is going to have done that work And he's going to bring, blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his mercy has caused us to be born again. To a living hope through the the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. A living power in the proclamation of the gospel. We're brought forth in iniquity, yet God by his gracious mercies has given us life. Exodus 34 says, He will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and the fourth generations. It's my belief. I hold that, that there's propensity of sin that are given generationally. And in, by inheritance of sin, it's kind of like the gypsies are over here and they have certain propensities towards certain sins. And... I know that may not be politically correct, but it's it's realistically correct, and 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 there there are certain sin characteristics that that different people groups carry with them, and uh, there's generational sin that 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 seems to to be passed on, uh, and I don't think it's simply environmental. I think there's there's a a, a genetic propensity toward uh, certain things. And, and God breaks that by His grace. Uh, but the, the realities are that sin is inherited from our fathers. But that's why you see with, with, um, with Abraham, uh, he had uh, certain characteristics of, of his sin nature with Sarah and, and uh, kind of uh, speaking her off as his half-sister and this type of thing, you know, and he making excuses and then you have Jacob that comes along and he's he's kind of like he's just a liar you know I mean he's a trickster and uh, and so you see this these uh, certain propensities towards sin uh, and then we have the remedy for the inherited sin is redemption and the Holy Spirit uh, again from first John 1 9 but also this passage that we looked at in in Romans chapter 5 um, um, being justified is a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 3, verse 24 there. Um, and then Romans 5, 5, the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit given unto us. Uh, so God has addressed the issue of inherited sin because we've been brought into this second family um, so, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be given a new nature, uh, because we we were our our nature was as children of wrath. 
We were dead in our sins and our trespasses, but in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, He's given to us um, reconciliation and He's given to us His Holy Spirit and He's poured out the love of God into our hearts. And so then we come to imputed sin. Uh, imputed sins are, are directed uh, specifically from Adam. So um, Adam's sin is direct, imputed to me directly. So uh, he passed that off to you. You can thank him when we get to heaven. And um, uh, that sinful nature uh, was passed on. Uh, and there's a number of different views in regard to the imputation of Adam's sin to mankind. But all sinned when Adam sinned is the idea um, because we're part of Adam 1. Uh, we're his offspring. Um, Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, uh, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Uh, so Adam 1 sinned and death and sin entered in the world and it spread to all men. So there's two views of imputation uh, as inherited sin and imputed sins. Um, uh, these uh, characteristics as Adam's sin came directly to you. Uh, I like to use the, the idea of the federal head um, it's like when uh, President Bush declared war on Iraq, uh, it would be dangerous for you as an American citizen to, to walk around in Iraq uh, because someone would have tried to kill you because uh, Americans were at war with the Iran uh, Iraqis. And uh, so um, there's uh, an enmity, a rebellion there that uh, that needed to be reconciled, uh, and of course it leads to war. Uh, so there's imputed sin, but there's two views here. The seminal view uh, is that all of Adam's seed actually sinned. Uh, so Hebrews seven nine says, "And speak through Abraham, uh, even Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes." So in Scripture, there seems to be an indication that in Abraham, when he paid tithes to Melchizedek, that Levi, who was uh, a priest, paid tithes to Melchizedek. And some of you will remember that from our studies in the book of Hebrews, that uh, Levi paid tithes through his father Abraham. And he's, he's seen, and it's addressed that way in the book of Hebrews. There's also a representative view, and that is that Adam's sin imputed uh, is imputed to his seed. That means that it's just given, like accounted to your seed. Uh, and I can see that you, nobody can see the Adam and Christ display there, but for time's sake, let's move on. Hosea 6 7 says, But like Adam, they have transgressed the covenant. There they have dealt treacherously against me. Uh, so there's the issue of original sin here. Um, and then all were born spiritually dead. Uh, this is a, a point that we would make, uh, and we go back to Ephesians 2 there, um, 1 through 3, where it says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sin. Uh, so we were born that way, um, and we find then in 
Uh, number five, that sin is inherited uh, from parents but imputed from Adam. Uh, so that's the idea here. And you can see the baby says it's no fear, uh, but uh, it's been imputed to our account. Uh, and we do, uh, and, and these things were not in any way suggesting that there's not personal responsibility for our sins. And of course the personal sins and there seems to be, according to Scripture, um, the gravity of, or the weight of uh, judgment that comes for certain sins, both in this life and in the life to come. But John 9, chapter 1 through 3, has an interesting thing to say, um, and I think it's, it's helpful in, in regard to imputed sins. It says, As he passed by, he saw a man blind, born from birth, um, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? And Jesus answered, It was neither this man that sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So we ask the question, well, where did the sin come from and what were the, how come the consequences of a person being born blind uh, fell upon this man. And Jesus is saying that it wasn't this man that sinned personally, and it wasn't his parents, so that would be inherited sin, wouldn't it? Uh, so the, the, the answer is that Adam, the first Adam, is the one that sinned. And the consequences of the curse that's given to us in, chapter, Romans, in Genesis chapter 3 uh, describes uh, the problem of evil, uh, the problem of of the things that have befallen man, the the uh, the sickness, the blindness, uh, the deafness, uh, the leprosy, uh, all forms of disease, uh, and it it wasn't uh, something that we can. That you see, by our nature, by the nature of works, we want to say. Well, if I don't do these things, then I won't have this problem. But the problem is there. And God had to be the one to deal with it. He had to be the one to take that sin. He had to, to deal with the problem and the issue of, of evil and the issue of the problem of sin, which was indwelling us. Uh, and He's done that through Jesus Christ. It's the, the glory of the message of the Gospel. So there's three basic imputations uh, uh, when we look at um, what, how God uh, imputed um, both Adam's sin to us, to mankind, and man's sin to, uh, to Christ. He imputed, He put upon Christ. The Scripture says that God made He who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf, that He might be made the righteousness of God in Him. He took your sin and placed it upon Jesus Christ. That's in imputation. And then He took Christ's righteousness and imputed it to your account. So, uh, as you see from the illustration there uh, with beautiful Emily, that, uh, <laughs> that uh, Adam sinned to man, man's sin to Christ, your sin to Christ Jesus, and Christ's righteousness to men. Imputation of Adam's sin to the human race 
is the issue, is the imputation. Uh, God uh, took uh, the sin that Adam committed, he imputed it to the human race. Uh, Romans 5, 12 through 21 says, For us through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. Even so, through the obedience of one, the many will be made righteous. So this is what the Scripture says. It's through Adam's sin, many were made sinners. It's imputed to our account. It was a done deal. Kind of, You may think of it as, well, this is not a, a good deal, and we may want to cry like the baby, but that's what the Scripture tells us, that it was imputed to our account. Adam uh, brought sin and condemnation, but the second Adam brought obedience and fulfillment of the law and brought salvation. And then there's the imputation of man's sin to Christ. Uh, God took your sin and placed him upon the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.19 has this to say, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting, and that's the word for imputation, not imputing their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. God imputed to us the righteousness of Jesus Christ, and we became born again, new creatures in Jesus Christ through His salvation, through His work and His power and His grace. First Peter 5.24 says, And He Himself bore our sins in His own body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, for by His wounds you were healed. And so the imputation of Christ's righteousness comes to believers. Uh, we're clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Again, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made Him who knew uh, no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Uh, so the penalty for imputed sin then is physical death. Adam was condemned to physical death, but also spiritual death and uh, death uh, and separation from God, and God made provision for Adam and for mankind uh, through uh, His plan for salvation in Jesus Christ. So Romans 5.14 has this to say, for until, until the law was in the world, uh, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. So the remedy for imputed sin then is imputed righteousness. And God imputes that righteousness of Jesus Christ into your life uh, when you put your trust in what Jesus said. Okay, Jesus said... He that beholds the Son and believes in Him has eternal life, and I myself will raise Him up on the last day. He's dealing with both deaths, right? Okay, if, if, if He believes in the Son and He's given eternal life, that takes care of the problem of physical death, right? Um, it takes care of the problem of, of spiritual death, I'm sorry. Uh, but if he says that I'll raise you up on the last day, he takes care of physical death as well. Correct? So, uh, Romans 5.21 says, 
so that as sin reigned in the death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And uh, this is our, the power of the gospel. It's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that He's given to us. God's love has been poured out in Christ's Spirit for you, for all who believe. God's love has been poured out in Christ's Spirit. Um, so going back to, to chapter 5 there and verse 5, uh, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And we find there that God has supplied uh, so much what we uh, could, did not have and, uh, and what we so much needed. Uh, and He's poured out His love for you through Jesus Christ. And He's poured out within that love, the Lord Jesus sent His Spirit that He might indwell you, that He might seal you until the day of redemption. And so great is the news that has been given uh, to us as God's people. And um, I pray that, that we may uh, speak the gospel, uh, that we may uh, know the word that Christ spoke to uh, the uh, Nicodemus and to others, uh, that Nicodemus, you must be born again, and uh, we must uh, follow and uh, through the new birth, through that work that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. There is a living hope of that resurrection, a living hope of life, and God in His power alone could do it. And so our message uh, should be clear in regard to the Gospel that you must be born again and you must become uh, a child of the second Adam, our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, it's not by works which we have done, but according to your mercy you have saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of your Spirit into our lives. Blessed are you, our, our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to your mercy have caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. We hope in you, and our hope will not be disappointed, for you have poured out your love to overflowing. You've lavished your grace in our hearts, and you've given unto us your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord God, for your many mercies. Uh, for your salvation in Jesus Christ. We pray that we might be faithful ministers of the reconciliation that Christ has, has uh, bought, the, the redemption that He has bought, and the reconciliation that He has accomplished in His death on the cross of Calvary and the resurrection from the grave and the power that has been given over the grave in our Lord Jesus' resurrection. And we pray, Lord God, that You would enable us by Your Spirit and Your power to labor by faith in the grace that You have supplied. And that may we be strengthened with might by Your Spirit and the inner man that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith.
And to you may all the glory be uh, to the church and to our Lord Jesus Christ through, through every generation forever and ever. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.